Fit and Theater of the Words presents The Reprehensibles, The Fight for Earth's Future, Episode 10, A Riot in Sector 11. Several hours later, Maria boarded the transitway and left for an abbreviated return to the habitat life from the clear atmosphere of the reserve. Wilson had treated her rather shabbily the whole time, but the time they spent together was not what was bothering her. She feared he might be in more trouble than he was letting on. Moving to a seat and back, she could sense an aching in her muscles from the mountain climb. She yawned and looked out at the windows at the sky. They had been fortunate as the low overhanging clouds were now racing across the evening sky once again. She lay back in the seat. The transitway rumbled back to S11. Delay, delay, said the computer as its volume increased. Maria opened her eyes, still half dazed. There will be a slight delay at S11. It cautioned the passengers as the transitway stopped several meters from the terminal. Maria was just beginning to wake up as the computer continued. A full riot is taking place in S11. Vicinity delay will be momentary. She and everyone else aboard the train turned abruptly to the right. The car behind her buzzed with talk as they heard distant sounds of a man shouting and people screaming. It must have been some sort of sham, she thought. Food riots in her section? That would mean a critical food shortage. No one had ever envisioned such a calamity. Food always had been piped into the modules. It was something they expected without question. Another transit backed into the station and militiamen were transporting the unconscious bodies of rioters onto a makeshift conveyor to the transitway. And the penalty for rioting was an airlift to the Greenies camp. The sight of her family fleeing violence took hold of her volatile mind. To the rear of the terminal, fires blazed into the, into the early evening sky. Bulging fire blinks dumped tons of sludge-laden water on the spreading inferno. But dumping water risked explosions as water was inundated with a number of uncertain chemical mixtures. Very often the modules went up in a huge fireball. Minutes went by until the flames subsided. The first transitway had left the station and Maria's transit rolled into the terminal. Disembarkment was orderly, and all the passengers, even those not scheduled to get off on S-11, were told to form a line. In this way, the militiamen could bring the remaining riot victims to the empty cars. Maria stood along the outside wall in disbelief as they loaded the transit and it left the terminal. In the cold, her mind was firmly off Wilson, and she thought about her own family as her heart beat against her chest. Near a state of order seemed to be slipping away right before her eyes. The smell of melted Zambian drifted through the area. Despite the cold, she was sweating as the line moved ever so slowly toward the opening. And along the terminal wall, there were several of the lunar aggregate marquees in blue neon-like light that beckoned for workers on the lunar surface. The advertisement enthralled her spirits like nectar in the night sky. She looked up toward the moon, but the sky was too hazy, and once more it brought Mr. Terence Wilson to mind. And in the huge lunar aggregate logo, she could sense a land far away, not crowded with people, a land of opportunity and adventure. Computer, how do I apply for one of these positions on the lunar surface? Please insert your card. Maria reached into her pocket and pulled out her identity card, pushing it into the computer slot. Sensor to the right of this board. All information will be taken from your identity card and immediately scanned. 
by the computers in the city. If the information is in line with the Luna Aggregate qualifications, it will. Final candidates will be inputted into the Luna Aggregate computers and an input list given to Luna Aggregate. If you are eligible, you will be notified in a period of not less than two hours and not more than ten hours. Maria waited as she looked at the red sensor and realized the implications of what she was about to do. She raised her hand quickly and pushed the sensor. These jobs relate to the farms, she asked the computer as she studied the marquees once again. The majority are farm positions and all candidates will be fitted into the appropriate jobs, each suiting Luna aggregate needs and abilities of the candidates. Maria nodded as the card popped from the slot. Thank you for applying, Miss Almonte. Your scan has already begun. You will be notified at your residence. Very good, said Maria as she put her card back in her pocket. The militiamen started to shout out instructions ahead. Apparently some people, even though the riot was over, had been injured and there were still reports of sporadic blaster fire. Maria stood on her toes, but she could not see inside. You are to proceed in an orderly manner to your place of residence. If it has been destroyed, you will go at once to the militia armory across from the Greeny Barrier. All persons are to proceed at their own risk. There are still rioters about, and our men have orders to blast any overt moves against them. Travelers will proceed at their own risk. As the man finished, the line of people moved forward and another transitway pulled into the terminal. Each person going to S-11 inserted his identity card into the slot and was allowed to pass. Maria walked through the opening, but she was horrified at the destruction. The water from the dumps had already begun to freeze over the luminous white Zambian road, and what had not been frozen was splatted in cold pools mixed with debris and blood. Clutching onto her blaster, she remained in a state of shock. Entire modules further down had been melted like candle wax and smelt like burnt charcoal. The remaining globs of Zambium continued to glow in the familiar green hue. The disaster made her fear the worst as she ran across the ice. As she came to A-98, there were still several bodies, greenies, scattered about the road. Ahead, in the diminished blue light of A-98, a singular figure limped down the frozen street. She was hesitant to continue down the street until she could see that figure was a militia man. She then ran forward toward the man. He turned suddenly and she raised both her hands to her mouth. Michael, she screamed. The wounded Straco had a deep gash over his right eye, and blood flowed in and streaked pathways into his eye and down the side of his face. Maria, he said in an almost incoherent voice. I was hit. Oh, Michael, you're hurt? No, no, it's not that bad, just, just bloody. One of those crazies jumped me back there, and two of his friends joined in. She took her new turtleneck and wiped some of the peripheral blood from his face as he continued. Before I could get my blaster, they stabbed me. I was on my way to see if you and your family were all right. It's all right, Michael, she said as she cleared the blood away from the gash. We all have to go to the module. I got them, though, he added as she led him forward. Both sides of A-98 reflected the damage. Several modules had been completely wiped out while others stood in the eerie glow. She grew apprehensive as she peered to her left, as the Almonte module was intact, even though the adjacent ones had been demolished. She rushed for her computer slot and inserted her card. Katie, are they all right? They have been escorted to the armory and used the screen 
talk to them as soon as possible. Then can we come inside? asked Maria. You can. Your module is undamaged. I've scanned the computers in the area. 400 modules in the T have been rendered unfit for living. Why? Why? she wanted to know. There's been no official word, Maria, said the computer as they stepped onto the mover and descended below the streets. I can give you some official news, said Straco. A massive escape of greenies this afternoon. No one knows why, but more than that, our own people were involved. I saw them. No food, absolutely no food. Eddie Rannock, the Sherricks family, all begging for food. A number of conduit lines have been completely shut off. Well, that's crazy. Why not just shut everyone down a little bit? A computer suggestion and the computers in Earth City agreed, he said as they came up to the module. Look, underlying this is the fact that the Greenies started this whole thing, not our people. Katie, scan the armory, said Maria as they walked inside. Scanning. Katie, what time is it? asked Straco. 7.35, Captain Straco. Thank you. It took a few minutes for the computer to alert the Almontes at the armory, and Maria got excited as she saw her mother on the screen in front of the hundreds that had gathered inside. Are you all right? Maria asked them. We're both fine, Maria, but Andrew is missing, said Almonte. Missing, missing, she shouted as Straco came over to comfort her. He was with the Eternalists when the riot started. Is that Mike with you? Yes, Frank, I'm right here. Those people tried to talk to the Greenies, from what I heard. The militiamen started loading them into the transitway. The computers have contacted the military men. They're searching for Andrew right now. We're spending the night. It's only a precaution. The riot is over now, they tell me, but I've heard rumors of troubles all over the quadrant. You'll contact us if you hear anything else about Andrew. I'll see you tomorrow, Mother. Join us next week for another exciting episode of The Reprehensibles, The Fight for Earth's Future by Robert P. Fitton, presented by Fitton Theatre of the Words.